Please remain standing. Take your Bible together with me and turn to our first scripture reading. And that comes to us from Jeremiah chapter 32. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17 to 20. Jeremiah 32, 17 to 20. Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You show steadfast love to thousands, but you repay the guilt of fathers to their children. After them, O great and mighty God, whose name is the Lord of hosts, great in counsel and mighty indeed, whose eyes are open to all the ways of the children of man, rewarding, rewarding each one according to his ways and according to the fruit of his deeds. You have shown signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, and to this day in Israel and among all my, mankind, and have made a name for yourself as at this day. Amen. Now turn to the New Testament, the Gospel of John, chapter 2, as we continue making our way through the Gospel of John in Sunday mornings. John 2. Verse 1 to 12. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. The mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now, draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tested, the water now became wine. And did not know where it came from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. This the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum 
with his mother and brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, at times, familiarity with things cause us to stop celebrating the truth of your word as we should. So we pray that that will not be the case with us this morning. Our familiarity with this miracle at the wedding in Cana of Galilee will not distract us from celebrating the power of the gospel, the power and the authority of your son Jesus Christ over his creation. Bless your people with the preaching of your word. Teach us, rebuke us, edify us. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. One of the many uh, miracles that our Lord Jesus Christ performed, of course, next to the raising of Lazarus from the dead, that we all to this day continue to be amazed and talk about it all the time when the subject of Jesus' miracles arises for discussion among us is the miracle of the water changing into wine. Even unbelievers are acquainted with this famous miracle. And it, it always surprises me when I hear people who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ for salvation from sin and eternal destruction trying to give hope to one another in times of trouble, like things that they have running out of money and success and other problems in life, and they say to one another, don't worry, the one who turned the water into wine will turn your situation to something better and joyful. You hear things like that, and... Also, in a more serious note, you hear Christians, believers, in relation to this miracle, relating this miracle only to, uh, to Jesus' intervention when they run out of money, joy, love, and success. You hear them saying, as Jesus uh, changed the water into wine, he will change all this Troubles for me for better. Now, first, let me tell you what I don't mean what I just, by what I just said. I don't mean that Jesus doesn't intervene in our needs and crises in this life and solve our problems. He does. Remember, he's the good shepherd. In fact, it was Jesus in Matthew 7, 7 who said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. 
So of course, Jesus will be there for us. Jesus will intervene when we go through trials in this life, even grieving in this life over the loss of our beloved ones. But the question I want us all to ask this morning is this, why did Jesus turn the water into wine? What was the purpose of this first miracle that our Lord Jesus did in Cana of Galilee? Was it just for the people at the wedding uh, to, be, to be amazed and to rejoice in seeing uh, that great uh, miracle that Jesus did? Or it had a more important spiritual significance for us? Beloved, the latter is true. But we ask how this morning. Remember where we are in the Gospel of John. When John left us in chapter 1. In chapter 1, John, the writer of the Gospel of John, introduced to us Jesus Christ as the eternal Word through whom all things were made. Remember verse 3 where John said all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So John already introduced Jesus to us as the Lord of creation, as God, as the creator. John declared Jesus as the creator, the Lord of creation. That was the proposition Prepositional statement that John already made. Jesus is God. Jesus is the Lord of creation. And what it means is if Jesus is the Lord of creation and you and I are the created being, it means Jesus is our Lord. We don't make Jesus the Lord of our lives, but we recognize Jesus as the Lord of our life. He's already the Lord of creation. It was through whom that everything that didn't exist, existed. And let me refresh your mind with how this theme of the Lordship of Jesus Christ over creation is being developed in the Gospel of John. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and he said, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Remember, Philip brought Nathanael to Jesus. And Nathanael asked this question, Can anything good can come out from Nazareth? And Jesus told him, Yes, I'm here, the Son of God, the Messiah. I am from Nazareth, and good things can come out from Nazareth because it is not about the place. It is not about who lives in any place, but it, it is about the work of God's grace. And then, after revealing to Nathanael who he was, Nathanael asked Jesus, 
How do you know? How do you know who I am? How do you know the condition of my heart? And Jesus said to him, Nathanael, before Philip brought you to me, I saw you under that fig tree. And Nathanael confessed to Jesus, saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God, the King of Israel. And Jesus said to him, Now you believe that I am the Christ, the Son of God, the King of Israel, because I told you that I know everything about you, that I showed you my omniscience. Nathanael, you will see greater things than what I just told you. And then comes the wedding in Cana of Galilee. For Nathanael and Mary and all the disciples of Jesus Christ and everyone in the wedding and all of us this morning to see what John has been declaring to us about Jesus Christ in a physical miracle. You see, so far we have been hearing this verbal declaration of who Jesus is, God, the Creator. Now we're going to see this Jesus who is the Creator, this Jesus who is God, exercising His Lordship over creation. He takes matter, water, and changes it into wine and shows everyone that He is indeed God. What happened in Cana of Galilee is the, manif the manifestation of who Jesus is. And what is Jesus able to do in this world? And I want us to consider this under three simple points this morning. We will consider the crisis, verse 1 to 5. We'll consider the solution, verse 6 to 10. And we'll consider the purpose, verse 11 and 12. So first we consider the crisis. The crisis. On the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. So the first thing that we see in our text this morning is there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the host family invited Jesus, invited Mary, his mother, and his disciples. And Jesus showed up. He came to the wedding. So the first thing I want you to, uh, to observe with me this morning is Jesus choosing marriage a wedding as the occasion during which he reveals his power and his glory over his creation. Amazing. Not something else, but marriage. What does that show you? Jesus honors marriage. Jesus honors marriage between one man and one woman. That's why he came to the wedding. That's why he, he, that's why he came to the feast. Bible scholar tells us it might have been the wedding of one of his close relatives. Mary was there. He was invited. Uh, he came. He regarded the invitation. He came to the wedding. Those of you who are still single 
and you will have your wedding. Invite Jesus to your wedding. He will come to bless your wedding. He will come to reveal His glory and His goodness uh, to you and to the people whom you will invite to your wedding. I always appreciate couples when they when they get married, they invite people to the church so that people would hear the teaching of God's Word about marriage. They make the Word of God, they make the instruction of the Word of God about marriage the center of their marriage. When they ask me to, to, to give them charge, uh, I, always, I always hear couples telling me, make sure that you bring the gospel to the people. Praise God. Our marriage should glorify God. Our wedding should glorify God. It's not about eating and drinking and exchanging of gifts and finding this beautiful and, and, and godly wife. It is about Christ. His glory. That's why Jesus came. When Jesus and his mother and his disciples were attending the wedding, the host family had a crisis. They ran out of wine. Now imagine you hosting a wedding reception and you have all these family members and friends and invited guests at the at the reception, and you run out food and drink. Uh, think about that. Think about the shame and the despise that you would feel as the host. That's what happen, happened at the wedding. They ran out of wine. In Israel, if Someone is planning to be married. They, they, they save money. They plan for that day. Especially they save money for wine. Wine is at the center. People drink wine at the wedding in Israel. So you have to make sure that you have enough wine and you will never run out of wine. And they run out of wine. It was a crisis. It was a problem. For the family, for the bride, for the groom. And Mary noticed it. And she approached Jesus. And she said to him, they don't have wine. They ran out of wine. That was Mary, his mother, telling him about the crisis. They don't have wine. And one important thing that we all need to know here is Mary was not giving Jesus an instruction on what he should do. I'm sure you have heard people saying to you, if you need something from Jesus, go first to his mother. She knows how to tell him what to do. That's not what was happening here. She was not giving instruction to Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. That's not what Mary was doing. That's not what was happening. And you can understand that that was not the case from Jesus' response to Mary. Jesus said to her, woman, what has this to do with me? He addressed her as not mother, but woman. We have children here. You don't address your mother 
woman, was Jesus disrespecting Mary? He should have called her mother, but he called her woman. Why did Jesus do that? What was happening? Jesus was placing Mary in her proper place. Jesus was saying to Mary, Mary, woman, till, till this day, our relationship was the relationship of a mother and a son. From today onward, our relationship will be a relationship between you, the woman, and myself, the Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah. From now onwards, you will address me as the Messiah, as the Lord of creation. From today onward, you will be like anyone else. You are in need of a Savior, you repent of your sin, and you will call me my Lord and my Savior. That's what Jesus was saying. He was putting Mary in her proper place. Yes, she was his mother. And he was not disrespecting her. You remember in John 19, 26, when Jesus was on the cross, and he saw John and his mother standing in a distance, and he said to Mary, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple John, Behold your mother. He didn't say, behold, a woman, but he said to John, behold, your mother. So it was not a disrespect, but he was ministering to Mary. He was showing Mary what type of relationship that they will have. Mary as a woman in Israel and Jesus as the king of Israel and the savior. Now, the nature of our relationship has to change. That's what Jesus was saying. You remember in Luke 8, 19 to 20, Jesus was in the temple. And Mary, his brothers, came to the temple. And they couldn't talk to him because he was in the temple. And someone came to him and he said to Jesus, your mother and your brothers are looking for you. They want to talk to you. And Jesus said, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. You see, Mary, as the mother of Jesus, had no special place of favor in Jesus' kingdom. She also had to believe in Jesus Christ and call him my Lord. And she did. In Luke 147, Mary sang a song saying, Then Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And because she knew to whom she should come, you see, when she saw that the host um, had run out of wine, she came to Jesus because she knew that Jesus was able to, to, to solve that problem. She knew who Jesus was. She knew that she was dealing with God who can solve all problems in this life. And you know how she knew? The angel told her in Luke chapter 1, 
31 to 33. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. She knew that he is great. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom shall have no end. She knew that. She has been told by the angel from God, a messenger from God, that who Jesus is. And that's why she came to him and she asked him to help. You see, when the angel told Mary who Jesus was, the Bible tells us, And Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. That's what, that's what now she's, she's expressing. What she treasured in her heart about Jesus, she's now displaying. She's now expressing. You are the only hope for this family. You are the only one who can solve this problem. They don't have wine. And then we come to the solution in verse 6. Now there was six stone water jars there for Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to, them, to, to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it when the master of the feast tested the water, now became become wine and did not know where it came from. Isn't that amazing, my friends? Jesus instructing or commanding the servants to fill the jars with water. And the water was came to that place for a Jewish um, rite of purification. Before they do anything, you know, the Jewish people would uh, wash their hands. They would wash any, anything that they uh, use for food, cleansing, uh, outward cleansing for them was a sign of the, their inner cleansing. So water was there for that purpose. And Jesus told them, take this water, fill it in the jars, and then take some of it to the master of the feast. You don't see Jesus laying his hand uh, over the jars and say, water, water, change into wine. You, you don't see anything like that. You don't see Jesus shouting, commanding the water to be changed into wine. What you see is the master of the feast took some, 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 some of the liquid in the jars and then took it the master of the feast. And it was wine. What he knew was, it was water, but it became wine. The Lord of creation took matter, took water, and changed it into wine. By the power of his word. By his authority as the creator, the water was turned into wine. 
He changed water into wine to the extent that the master of the feast went to the, to the bridegroom and criticized him for offering the poor wine at the end of the feast. What is the lesson here? What do we learn here? Beloved, whatever problem you have in this life, the first thing that you need to know as a believer, as someone who doesn't know yet who Jesus is, what he's able to do for you, whatever problem you have in this life, beloved, you need to come to Christ. You need to trust Christ. You need to rely on Christ. Like Mary, you need to come to Jesus and say, I don't have this. And I know you are the Christ. I know you are the creator. I know you are the Lord of creation. Help me. Jesus will help you. I don't know how, but Jesus will help you. He has the ability, the power, the provision to help you. That's what Jesus did at the wedding in Cana of Galilee. He helped the family. He removed their shame. He removed their despise. He changed the water into wine. So come to Jesus. Jesus is ready to help you. That's what we see in the New Testament when Jesus was doing his earthly ministry, we see him feeding 5,000 people with small provision. We see him stealing winds and storms and, and removing the fear of his people. We see him doing many, many th good things for his people. That's how Jesus shepherds his people. That's what, how Jesus provides your needs. But now, beloved, we come to the purpose. And this is the core of this miracle. Why this miracle? Why did Jesus turn the water into wine? Listen to John. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. What glory? What sign? Sign for what? Well, the sign was the changing of the water into wine. That was the sign. What was the purpose? To show all people that Jesus is the one who transforms a person's life and mind by creating new heart, new life in them. This is the purpose of this miracle. Jesus transforms people's life. Jesus changes people's life. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship created. You see, creation is mentioned. Not the physical creation, Genesis 1. But the spiritual creation, Ezekiel 27, uh, 36. 
For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Created in Christ Jesus as new creatures. The old has gone. The old has passed and the new has come. The new life, new spiritual life. You go back to Genesis chapter 1. You see God creating everything by the power of His Word. He spoke and things exist in, in the space of six days. Like what we confessed this morning. By the power of His Word. And by the power of His Word, Christ creates new life, new heart. Ezekiel 36, 27, 26, 27, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of the stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes. And be careful to obey my rules. I, 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 the Lord, the Lord, of creation will do this for you. You cannot, do you cannot do that for yourself. You cannot create new heart, new mind, new life for yourself, but I will do it for you. I will put my spirit within you. I will cause you, give you my grace, the ability to obey me, to obey my rules. You see, Jesus performed this miracle to manifest His glory. Which aspect of His glory? Creating new hearts in the lives of those who doesn't know Him. In the hearts and the minds of those who live in darkness with no salvation and hope. So if you have crisis, my friend, in your life, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the solution for you. And the purpose of this miracle was to show you that Jesus is indeed the Christ, the Messiah, the Lord of creation. Remember John, the writer, what he told us about the purpose of his book, the Gospel of John. This is what he told us. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are now written, which are not written in this book. You see, Jesus has done many other miracles that are not written in the Bible, because the Bible was written not for the sake of miracles, but the Bible was written, the Gospel of John was written, so that people would see these signs and wonders, and believe, listen to John, now, Jesus did, did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and by believing you may have life in His name. The miracle at Cana of Galilee is for people to see and believe that Jesus was the Christ, and believing in his name, have eternal life. So my question to all of you this morning, 
If you are not a believer yet, if you are not trusting in Christ, in Christ alone for your salvation, you see this sign, you see this miracle, water being changed into wine. Do you see the glory of the Son of God in it? Do you see Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah, the Creator, the Lord of creation? And for those who have been walking with Christ for many, many years in your life, beloved, do you see his glory? What was sad about this miracle was all the people who saw the sign didn't believe. They still rejected the Messiah. My prayer and my hope is no one in the sanctuary this morning is in that position. Christ, the Son of God, is your solution for your problems in this life. But above all, He is the Lord of creation. Come to Him. This miracle was performed so that you and I and everyone that would hear about this miracle to believe in Christ and to receive Christ as the Lord of creation. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for Reminding us about the purpose of this miracle. Why your son Jesus Christ turned the water into wine. The purpose behind this miracle. So we ask you to grant us your Holy Spirit. So that the familiarity that we have with this miracle will not distract us from celebrating Jesus as the Lord of creation. Having Jesus in our life as the Lord of everything that we have, everything that we do, everything that we think, every decision that we make. Oh Lord, help us to recognize Jesus as the Lord over all those things so that we, like the disciples who saw this sign and believed in Jesus, we also would continue believing in him. In his name we pray. Amen.